Ladies and gents, uh, we're back with engineers. Thanks for joining us. And we've got today the guys and girls at Shawpen. We've got the CTO Friso with us, who's um, going to talk to us a little bit about the um, payments ecosystem and some fun things around uh, authentication and verification in payments. So, Friso, nice to meet you. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank Good. you for having me here. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Do you want to give us um, a little bit of an intro into um, SurePay, um, mm-hmm. the last couple of years at SurePay, and uh, I guess why the, the company and the idea were born? Help us understand that. Yeah. yeah. So SurePay was born within the big bank, the Rabobank in the Netherlands, yep. uh, about five years ago. There were some colleagues of mine, I was working at the Rabobank at the time, some colleagues had this idea, which they pitched against the management and, uh, well, it got funded and it turned into what's now SurePay. And yeah. The idea is really simple. If you make a payment, then the account number is uh, the only thing that matters and the account name you fill in uh, is not being validated. So the idea was to validate that against the account holder information of the target bank, of the uh, beneficiary bank, basically. That uh, was a very simple idea, but uh, yeah, you can imagine it's uh, really helpful for the um, for the end users to prevent misdirected payments and uh, any type of uh, fraud. So yeah. uh, once it was introduced, uh, we immediately saw the fraud uh, being reduced by large percentages. So that's, that's good. And on the other hand, uh, for the banks, it's really beneficiary because there's less um, manual operations needed to you know to correct all those misdirected payments so that's yeah. uh, a really good uh, use case yeah and then um, yeah it started as a bit of a, um, a corporate startup so to say yeah, as a moonshot and innovation hub and so on yeah uh, always with the intention to be able to sell the service also to other banks uh, yeah so it was set up completely independent from the rest of the Rabobank organization, both from an organizational perspective and a technical perspective. Yeah. So it's, uh, it was built from scratch in the cloud. Nice. And yeah, so that's very uh, yeah, very nice for all the engineers. I love that, of course, in greenfield scenario. And then uh, soon enough, uh, once it was uh, live in the, in the Rabobank, uh, in, in the app, it was, was working and it clicked yeah. into the account information. Um, I think a year later or two years later, the the other major banks of the, the Netherlands joined. Nice. And then soon enough, yeah, basically uh, 99% of the market is now connected. So that's wow. really great. Yeah. Okay. That's in the Netherlands. Um, and um, okay. yeah, well, yeah, I can continue forever. I don't know how much you want to. I wanted to ask in that. You- um, it looks like there's some fond memories. You say it with a smile on your face uh, when you talk about uh, everyone was quite happy. It was it was a greenfield project. What was that journey like from, in essence, being a moonshot, uh, an incubator project to going fully independent? What was that journey like? What pain comes with it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of pain. To be fair, I was not uh, in the... In the beginning part of the organization, although I was yeah on the other side, I was uh, uh, making yeah. the, uh, the, the the banking application such that it could uh, introduce this uh, 
this service. Um, but but yeah, some of the pains. Um, well, um, first of all, it's very difficult to um, to get banks uh, to share their data with an independent organization, let alone an organization that's in the cloud. <laughs> at, uh, at this point in time, maybe banks are used to the cloud. But six years, seven years ago, that was certainly yeah. not the case. So that was very scary. Then uh, another hurdle to take is that um, it was uh, part of one of the big banks in the Netherlands, but how, yeah. to, uh, how to get to the point where other big banks would give the data, which was needed for the service, to that initial big bank, uh, because it, in essence, the startup was part of the big bank. So, uh, yeah, so those are uh, very uh, interesting hurdles to take. Um, of course, from a technology perspective, it's easy to start an application in the cloud, yeah. but it's very difficult to make it such that it uh, passes all the security audits that are needed for financial institutions. So that's yeah. a really uh, difficult challenge. With yeah. many, many uh, security controls and policies and so on in place, as you can imagine. I can imagine that one proof case of being able to show what you can do. And I, I can just imagine the concept now, Rabobank started to use the service initially. And that proof case of look at what we can do and look at what we can do for you if we integrate with you to being able to look at 99% of the market. That that's a pretty impressive journey in a, in a couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah. So the lean startup methodology was uh, was used there. So um, first um, with kind of empty proof of concepts or uh, empty storyboards or so, uh, literally going to train stations and and you know uh, asking people if they would be interested in such a service. Wow. Uh, until the yeah until the point where we actually had a proof of concept and also if you have it live in in a banking app you can you know set it live for maybe one percent of the or friends or family and then you can measure all kinds of things uh, the speed is is very important because you don't want it to uh, interfere in the customer journey too much yeah um, so those type of things were um, yeah were, were being discovered and then it was tuned until the algorithm was so good that we thought, well, now we can really go live. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. And then indeed it's uh, very nice because you have something to show. You can go to your friends with the mobile app, etc. Yeah. And then other banks, they see um, the competitor with a really nice feature. So they want to have that feature also. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a very uh, good um, motivator of course is the, the, the consumer market. And so the, uh, social media so uh, eventually got full of people who wanted this also this feature right so then yeah. every bank has to yeah it's like an oil stain <laughs> i can imagine i can imagine going from zero to one is harder than going from five to ten that you're talking about that snowball effect uh, i can yeah, imagine yeah. that and it, it just continues Maybe, yeah, yeah. It's um, of course uh, we have set um, set the product as a as a SaaS product. So the idea is that if you have more customers, then it becomes easier. But in the beginning, you have to understand that it was very much tuned to to, to the Rabobank. And then when the second bank came, it yeah, it turned out that they had different standards. And of course, we couldn't tell them 
well, you have to follow our standards. And so that was too early for that. So we ended up with in, yeah, the first iterations with many different standards and different ways of integrating with banks until you come to the point where you're big enough to to uh, yeah to, to to make it more standardized and then it becomes easier to onboard new banks. But um, nice. yeah, that was a the, yeah that was a long uh, journey. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I bet, yeah. I bet. Let, can we can we roll it back just just to the start and understanding the product just simply because um, I think we dived into ninety nine percent and everything. That's my fault. How how can our listeners really understand SurePay and uh, what you offer banks and customers, essentially? The essence is that we want to make uh, payments uh, simpler and um, okay. uh, with with less uh, fraud possibilities. Yeah? Um, so that, that was the beginning. So when you make a payment, before you actually make the payment, we already validate whether the account you think you're going to make a payment to is actually the account uh, that you intended to pay to. Uh, that's the initial use case. Yeah. Um, uh, when we moved to the UK, yeah, so we also entered the UK market. We'll come back to that later, I guess. Um, nice. Um, there, 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 it's a little bit differently implemented. So that's when you set up a new beneficiary, uh, yeah. you already verify the, the account holding them. Um, then there is a, an important second use case because um, we have seen that corporates or any organization, uh, not necessarily a bank, yep. also want the same functionality in the KYC or onboarding process. Uh, you can imagine that uh, when you sign up for any uh, energy company or, or whatever, yep. um, you have to fill in a, a bank account and yep. then... Yeah, the organization wants to have proof that it's your bank account. Yeah. Yeah. So in the old days, there were all kinds of tricks to, to prove that. Okay. Um, but with this service, it's it's fairly easy to prove it. You just make an API call and uh, well, if the name matches what, what the customer says, then it's amazing. Yeah. Then you're sure that it's the right one. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And it seems, um, it seems, Fairly easy if I if I if I tell it like this. Well, you just verify the name, but the, the names can be so complicated. I was um, surprised when I uh, when when I when I entered this uh, this space um, because a, a name can be um, yeah it can be a long name with many middle names, or you have maybe previous names or maiden names. Or you have prefixes, surnames, mm -hmm. and then CRM data of banks can be very polluted. It can be a uh, the result of a merge, or it can be spread in different databases, maybe with truncations here and there. And then you have businesses. Uh, many businesses have uh, lots of yeah. trading names. So you want also to have the trading names uh, in, taken into account. So we plug into um, other sources like the Chamber of Commerce uh, sources yeah. and so on. So yeah, it, it becomes very difficult uh, in the end. Yeah, but, uh, that's, the that's what nice. <laughs> there, there's some literal complexity there, and imagine that sometimes that can fall down to human error as well. You, you touch on something that I want to pick up on, as in it might sound easy, but we're always interested in what's difficult. So yeah. help us yeah. understand we can uncover this over the next 20, 30 minutes or so. 
help us as an audience understand what gets difficult about building SurePay. We can uncover some things around uh, scalability. We can touch on some things around security in the cloud. But what do you think fundamentally is challenging about building SurePay, engineering in place? Yeah. Yeah, so there, 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 are, there are lots of challenges. Um, so the functionality is already challenging, as I was uh, trying to explain. But um, on the non-functional side, security and performance is, um, yeah, is, is challenging also, um, especially uh, performance in the beginning. You want to, um, to have a good customer journey experience, a good user experience, um, in the, especially in a mobile application. If um, a round trip to a server takes more than, let's say, 100 milliseconds, you will already feel it in in in, in mm. uh, bad user experience. Yeah, it, it feels okay. like it's not smooth and so on. Um, so if it takes a second, then yeah, then users are really annoyed. Um, so we, so we had to make sure that it's that it's very as, as fast as possible. That also okay. means that you want to avoid. Um, remote calls. You want to to have databases that are really tuned to the to the maximum and okay. lots of performance testing. Um, that's one aspect. Uh, the other thing is that uh, when you make payments, um, well, at least in 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 the way we use it, it's being we we get a transaction for every payment, and those are yeah millions per per, per day. So okay. it's, that has to be scalable and with. Uh, also with uh, peaks going up and down right? so with normal okay. payments also if you have a Christmas day or so it goes up and etc so the scalability is important then from a security perspective um, uh, yeah we had to harden the, the the images we were using a lot um, so um, you might say well uh, let's use docker for example or containers and then you yeah. can easily scale but six years ago, uh, it was not mature enough from a security perspective. So we were using uh, more um, yeah, infrastructure as code rather, okay. or infrastructure service rather than uh, pass. Um, so yeah, th- those are a few of the of the things that we uh, bumped into. How do you think? Uh, I'm going back to that concept, and trust me, I, I know it's a lot more complex than this, but. If we go back to the concept of zero to one customers is probably tougher than five to 10. What, what is that journey like? If we're talking about zero to one million transactions in a day and taking that from five to 10, mm-hmm. how do you think about or how does the team think about scalability but staying performant? How are you yeah. able to do that, or what do you need to think about to ensure that? Yeah, well, luckily, uh, cloud technology helps a lot. Eh? It's uh, with auto scaling and load balancing, so you can do already a lot. If okay. You, yeah, if you're if you're designing in, in, in a stateless way, yeah, where you can have servers being scaled up easily, that, that okay. already helps, of course. I think one of the challenges for us uh, mostly is the scaling up in in both functionality and so in, in product offering and in team size. So okay. when we started, and there was only two or three years ago, we had only one team. And then automatically you get um, a bit of a monolith, right? Because if you have one team, why would you have 
multiple servers, uh, okay. microservices. So that's not necessary. Also, from a performance perspective, that was not necessary. So it's a little bit like a monolith. But then when you scale up with more uh, multiple teams, uh, you have to re-architecture. Okay. But re, uh, re-architecturing, uh, yeah, because otherwise the teams cannot work independently, right? If you, if you have one code base or one monolith and you have uh, multiple teams working in the same, yeah, yeah then you're completely dependent. You, you cannot move, basically. Yeah. Um, so you have to re-architecture, but at the same time, you are already in production. So you have to, to maintain something that is in production okay. uh, with or without uh, incidents. Uh, so that process everything. Uh, so that those type of, of scalability issues were, were kind of difficult. And then um, also another challenge I've seen is that um, we work uh, Scrum-based. I think uh, the whole world uh, works Scrum-based nowadays. But uh, yeah. So that means we have uh, sprints of maybe two weeks. But if yeah. you onboard new customers, they want to have you know, direct communication. Um, if they provide us with let's say uh, a batch file or we also have real-time integration they want to yeah as soon as they are ready they want to to go live and so that interferes with this uh, scrum um, way of working so that's also an interesting aspect okay so it's not necessarily the engineering scalability it's the physical scalability of yeah, uh, yeah. teams i think so and yeah. how everyone, I guess, collaborates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the engineer scalability also. But um, I think, yeah, maybe the other is even more challenging. But uh, but obviously, in the beginning, we had to, you know, re- yeah, um, how do you say, uh, um, redesign everything and, and make it stable and remove child diseases, you know, and, and figure it out again and again and again until yeah. you come to a point where it's really stable. I must say, the past couple of years, it's it's, it's been fairly stable. And we have yeah. very little uh, little incidents, and that's for a large degree because of the cloud technology, where you can easily scale up. Yeah, um, payments in the cloud. Well, we haven't spoken so much about this offline, but payments in the cloud and security. What, what would you advise from your learnings? for people to be cautious of, because I've heard um, some of my own experiences of companies don't use the cloud when it comes to payments. And I think you're right. Five or six years ago, I think it was approved that you could process bank details or debit cards through the cloud. So companies choose reliability and do things themselves. What have you learned? What can you share? Yeah, in the beginning, uh, I remember also in, in, in the Bank coming for any bank. So um, the financial, um, the governmental institution, they had to yeah. approve. Uh, and so almost to the point where every microservice you put in the cloud had to be approved by some institution who doesn't even know what, what you were building. <laughs> uh, so that, that was in the old days. Um, uh, luckily, it's now a little bit more uh, common <laughs> to, to build something in the cloud. But um, yeah, no, there, there, there are a lot of um, security uh, and, and regulations uh, issues here. Um, uh, we, for instance, um, used the uh, ISO 27001. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah, fairly common nowadays. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was it was 
also new, if you work in a big corporate, um, then there is always someone who is an expert on this. But if you work in a small company like like ours, a startup, you have to figure this this out yourself. So, yeah. Also, all the engineers need to be aware of it with the acceptable use policy and uh, you know disaster recovery, uh, business continuity. Uh, so all these policies are, are are important. And then when you work with big banks, uh, financial institutions, they would want to. Um, know that you are, um, uh, yeah, uh, compliant to the, to those, to those policies. So okay. they would either want the certifications, um, but on top of that, they will always do their own audits. So we have seen a lot of audits from all the banks and that is really, um, time consuming. Is it? <laughs> they want, okay. uh, yeah. They want evidence of everything you do. Uh, which makes sense, right? I mean, the banks uh, are being um, uh, watched at. Uh, by, uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be in the newspaper that there's some data breach because you... Uh, you Integrated you, uh, another company, a lot of exactly. startups. Yeah. And that also means that's something that was oh, a little bit new for me, but um, that also means that our suppliers, we have to audit in the same way as we are being audited by, uh, or at least have a, a thorough vendor assessment. Uh, so the suppliers of the suppliers of the suppliers, because there can be a data breach in any of it. And um, yeah, if you have a data breach, at least in our case, uh, that would uh, be disastrous. <laughs> Awful. Uh, I, I still think the um, that the business case for SurePay is still unbelievably good. And I'm surprised it's not been done before. I'm, I might have been, but yeah. I, I still think it's unbelievably good because left, right, and center there are data breaches, fraud breaches constantly. Um, yeah. so I think it's such a good verification mechanism that safeguards everyone. Really, yeah. if you're paying attention, everyone. Yeah, no, no, true. It's uh, the, the 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 users are very happy with this service in in general. It, yeah, uh, it helps uh, people a lot. If you make a, a transfer of a big amount to uh, an account you never used before, yeah. you're always like double checking, right? And so, yeah, it helps a lot. Yeah, uh, can, can we touch back on um, some of the engineering? part we, we touched on the, the the scalability and the performance part which is is a pretty common theme i think in payments especially at some of the scale that you're operating at you know millions of transactions a day what what else from an engineering standpoint do you think gets tough tricky and fun at sure pay that engineers enjoy yeah <laughs> that engineers enjoy well um um availability of course goes a bit together with the scalability and so on mm -hmm. but um when we entered the uk market um it was even more important because there um the 24 7 support is is, is a must-have yeah and also to the point where we needed to have two regions even so one uh, aws region was not even enough we had to have two regions so that's and each region has free availability zone so you can imagine how redundant okay. everything is and super available yeah um, and um yeah from an engineering pr perspective it's of course um interesting to be able to 
to deploy something in production yeah. while not not going yeah, while while continuing while not going down you know, yeah uh, without any outage okay um, yeah I, I think it's always a challenge to to deploy anything in, in production uh, the more you do it um, the better but yeah there's also this force where you are always a little bit afraid of messing something up so um, that's this. <laughs> Good point. How do you build that resiliency mindset in yeah. in engineers? You can hire for it, but not everyone mm -hmm. has it unless you are in that environment. So how do you yeah. build that mindset in a team? Because I, I've seen resiliency environments before or multi-region architectures, but never got anything on pod uh, around that. So how do you build that in your team? Yeah, it's um, of course uh, having people with the, the right skills. Uh, we, we focus a lot on, um, on, on DevOps engineers uh, who have cloud technology knowledge. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, in my view, it's good. It's a bit of the, the agile way of working in that sense. I think if you want to be good at deployments without outage, you have to do it often. And that means that in the beginning you you make mistakes, yeah. Um, which of course uh, the business doesn't like. And uh, yeah, I'm being hit on my head for it. But yeah, people make mistakes. But if you do it often and you have small increments, those mistakes become eventually very few. And um, if the increments are small, then of course yeah. also the impact it can be can, can be relatively small. So yeah. that's uh, yeah, that that's of course important. Um, yeah, other things, uh, yeah, we have uh, best practices like, uh, you know, you can not put something in, pro you, you don't have production access by default, uh, least privilege, uh, paradigm and so, but if you go to production, there's always four I principle, there's a high degree of automation. So that's something that everybody is aware of. Um, that also means that when I hire people, I try to focus on that. So I don't want people who are you know satisfied with uh, semi uh, good thing we focus on quality basically so from a QA perspective that means a lot of uh, automation but also in the, 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 the devops world it means um, infra as code uh, so that you yeah. can reproduce everything so yeah the, now it, yeah the, those are common practices but yeah you I, I understand them so I try to also uh, encourage it and, and have the time for it. Makes make sense. Make time for it. Also. That's a good one. Make time for it. And yeah, yeah. Many the, times, oh, so, yeah. Sorry, dude. Well, many no, times I, was, I hear from from, from, from engineers. Um, many times say that well, the business wants this and this, and there's no time for fixing something or no time for upgrading something. But yeah, um, yeah I have a, a technical background myself, so I, I understand the need for for keeping. Uh, keeping up to to, to date uh, the, the the technology so if you yeah. use a very old java version nobody will be happy and eventually it will bite you in the tail and the same with you know with your uh, elastic uh, database if it's an old version you have vulnerability issues and you have to make room to improve it uh, the same for automation and so on so technical yeah. depth is not an issue as soon as you um, are able to to pick it up so don't don't leave it like it is. It's constant, um, yeah, continuous improvement, basically. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, 
what else do you think resembles um, your engineering culture at Shorepay? A, a resiliency mindset or reliability, yeah. but what, what else yeah. do you think resembles, if I was going to walk into a room, what would I see in the yeah. room at Shorepay? <laughs> Well, now we work all remote because of the pandemic. But, uh, but if I walk uh, into ten rooms, uh, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the uh, the things that will uh, that you will note notice immediately is the diversity in terms of cultures. Uh, we have, uh, I think, twenty five nationalities or so. So that's a really oh. a lot of yeah from all over the world. Uh, okay. Each of uh, yeah each of the employees bring in their own. Uh, a little uh, flavor. <laughs> um, we had uh, once we had a, a Christmas uh, event where everybody brought in, for example, uh, Ooh, don't food say food, food, food. I, food. I, love food. <laughs> I love food. Yeah. So that yeah, that's really nice. Um, but apart from that, we have uh, yeah autonomous teams. Eh? Um, uh, we now have uh, about four teams. Each has a product owner. We have uh, DevOps engineers that focus on cloud technology with developers who work with the Java stack. Uh, a lot of Kotlin is being used. Um, and uh, we have uh, QAs that, that focus on end-to-end -end testing or customer test support. Or these kind of okay. Things. Um, yeah, we, we've got quite a lot of people who follow us who are um, Netherlands-based or interested in the, the Dutch startup ecosystem. So mm -hmm. can you just give us a little bit of insight into maybe if you're hiring, you're obviously hiring in those areas that you mentioned in mm -hmm. um, DevOps, backend, and QA. Um, yeah. just, just give us a little bit of context as to... I guess what what you're optimizing for in when you're looking for people or what the current yep. state of affairs are at the moment. Yeah, uh, we are based in uh, in Utrecht. In the we have our own office in the in Utrecht, which is uh, the center of the Netherlands. But uh, it's a very small country, so it's reachable from all over the place. Um, uh, what I like is uh, a bit of uh, diversity. Um, so that means for an engineer, for example, also that. Um, uh, it's uh, it's really good if you have seen more than just Java. If mm -hmm. you know, uh, for example, Kotlin, or you've played around with Python, or with some other language, you know, or, yeah. or um, you have uh, cloud technology experience. And the same for for DevOps engineers and QA. If you have done a little bit more than just the regular, that's good because ultimately we also want to move more into the into a space where you have T-shaped um, personalities. Right? Um, so it's not necessarily that we get rid of the, the specialism, but we don't want people to be really strict in a very narrow domain. So okay. if a developer um, needs to do um, some cloud formation, then there should be no, no impediment in that sense. So that's okay. the direction where we're going. So the people we are hiring are already more used to that type of working. Um, okay. Apart from that, I think yeah, it's very important to be um, a good a good team player. Um, you know, the usual communicative. Uh, we all speak English. So it's very nice if you can speak English. <laughs> that's helpful. <laughs> no, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, but, and uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So if, if people are listening, um, uh, I think summarizing that, don't be scared to get in touch from uh, any paradigm, languages, backgrounds, just get in touch. And uh, yeah. as long as you can write some Java code, do, do you want to see people being able to write Java code? Yeah. So what a part of our um, interview process uh, includes a, a little assignment. Um, Fine. In the, in the old days, I was a bit skeptical about assignments. I, I, I think, yeah, it will make people nervous and so, but I've seen that it really works. So we don't do it on the fly. Yeah? So we don't uh, look at how you type in things. You can do it in your own time. But then when you have submitted the assignment, we will talk about it. And that's, I've seen a very good way of yeah. getting uh, to know people and um, where, uh, what level uh, they are. Are they very junior or very senior or in between? And we have an assignment for different different roles. So for DevOps engineers, we have a different assignment for QA. Nice. Yeah, it nice. works pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really happy with the, the recent hires we did. Really I well. think the, the articulation and uncovering what someone's built and understanding their mindset, I've seen that work quite well as well. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, we, we've obviously listened to a successful story, a successful incubator story, and you've ramped up massively looking after 99% of the industry. Netherlands, UK, sorry, UK not. So, well, not, not in the UK, it's not 99%, but it's still a high percentage. I don't know, like 30 High percentage. Okay. Um, so, before and as a lasting message, help us understand what's next, or if you're able to tell us what mm-hmm. you think is next for SurePay. Um, so that leaves people wondering, hmm, I should get involved. Yeah, yeah so um, from a technological point of view, what's next is uh, scaling up what I said with um uh, re-architecting and, and moving more into containers and lambdas and, and microservices type of architecture. Nice. From a, from a business point of view, it's, um, well, the, the UK market, it's, it's huge. It's much bigger than the Netherlands. So we're not finished there at all. We, uh, okay. we want to continue, uh, the confirmation of PE as it's called in the, in the UK is going to, uh, phase two. So that okay. means that a lot more banks will join. So we are in that space. And at the same time, uh, we are uh, trying to expand to other countries. Yeah, so that's that's really nice, and then the whole of Europe is is really interested in this type of services, even beyond Europe. Um, and of course, a second uh, axis is the expanding of the portfolio itself. Recently, we introduced a new product, which is yeah related, but it's a, it's a separate product called Pay ID, where we make it possible to pay to a mobile number. Your, your, your contact in your mobile phone rather than an account number. So that's an interesting service. Um, wow. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, it's in, in several countries, there is something similar. And But in most of the initiatives we have seen, it's a closed ecosystem. So it's one bank, for example. So we want to, yeah, we want to, div- to make it cross the bank. Yeah. I won't name the company, but I've seen that in South America. Uh, I've spoken to someone really recently um, who told me a little bit about the use case for it, where 
people in this country didn't have a bank account, but they had a cell phone. Right. And how do we yeah. get money to these people? And yeah. I, I just found that was a really interesting concept. So nice. Okay. It is. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and we have uh, some 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 other uh, products in in the pipeline. We did something with the switchover series in the Netherlands, and um, well, some other initiatives with uh, cross um, border um, payments, for example. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, potential to be honest. It's very interesting. <laughs> cross border payments is through the roof as well. You know, peer to peer transfer and. You- You've seen all the companies again. I won't name all of them, but you've you've seen that recently, yes, really recently in the press. There's so much potential for that. So good. That's nice to see. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Also, yeah. <laughs> good, good. Um, as as we're wrapping up, I think it's probably important to to mention that. Like I said, an interesting uh, incubation project. You've obviously developed, adding products to your portfolio. People who are listening, please go check out Shawpay's careers page. If you don't have a, well, if you do have a JVM background, great. If you don't, it's no issues. You've heard it from them themselves. So uh, get in touch if you want to, work with some pretty interesting scale and yeah. uh, have that t-shaped mindset come and get in touch with these guys and girls great yeah that would be really nice free so can i just thank say you. a big thanks oh thank you thanks. <laughs> yes um, and for everyone who's listening check out some of their pages below and um, check out this page give us a like share subscribe to your friends family everyone uh, and a big thanks from us engineers as well free so thanks a lot right thanks hey guys thanks for watching this episode uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us if you want to find out more about us and what we're doing please check us out on social media what we're trying to do at engineers is build a community to drive knowledge sharing and experiences on twitter we can be found at engineers.io it's no underscore we've also got a website which is engineers.io these links will all be posted in the description any feedback and comments are massively appreciated we're always looking to improve on where we can thanks guys